Welcome to the House Podcast. Well, welcome to the teaser for the House Podcast. In the fall of 2020, we're going to be dropping a new podcast where we're curating conversations and providing resources to help the next generation discover real life in Jesus Christ. And as I had one of those conversations recently with a friend of mine named Jonathan Durham, he's a licensed therapist out of Nashville, Tennessee. The conversation we were having is about emotions. How do we follow Jesus with our emotions? What's the landscape of uh, emotions look like on the college campus and among young adults? How do we grow in maturity there? What are some of the things that we're dealing with? And it's a wonderful conversation. I can't wait to share with you. But as a part of it and having that conversation right now, Jonathan and I were talking about emotions in light of the global pandemic that's in the world right now. And... Honestly, the stuff that he was sharing is just too good for me to cut out and not provide to you in the fall. And so I just cut that out of our conversation and I want to share with you today as just kind of a teaser about the, the, the things you can expect to come in this podcast in the fall. And I hope this is incredibly helpful for you today. So it's just going to cut right into this. And it's this is my friend, Jonathan Durham. He and I are talking back and forth a little bit about the nature of the emotions we're all feeling right now in the global pandemic. And I hope this is helpful for you, friends. Give it a listen. I know at one point we were talking about how difficult loneliness is and how uh, weird it is to to have all these connections available through social media and just Zoom and, and, and the like, but to still feel so lonely and disconnected. And I do just... I find I have found myself giving more and more uh, earnest advice to clients and myself and my my friends, uh, which is not something I tend tend to go out of my way to do. But it's just this this is a time that has a very real and profound impact on humans and brains and bodies and relationships. And it, I I definitely don't feel like of bringing gloom and doom, but it's really helpful to, to understand some of how all of our brains and bodies and relationships are being affected so that we can be more intentional and thoughtful and in, in uh, sh- sort of shifting our habits and routines uh, so that we're healthier during, during the time, you know, so that we're not, uh, so we're working against the disconnection and the loneliness and the disillusionment and the fatigue, not unwittingly sort of strengthening the current. Hmm. C.S. Lewis said, you'll know this quote, I think he said, uh, pain is God's megaphone to rouse a dead world. Yeah. I almost put that as <laughs> on my website. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> I, I thought what I think now is probably better of it. But that was that was the runner-up, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what? that's right. But yeah. but that's that's a hard gift to receive. That's a hard wake-up call to get. Yeah, in a moment like this moment, the okay. So I had a friend the other day ask me. I, I don't know if I shared this with you earlier. He asked me um, if we were ready to meet with our small group again, like in in the church, you know, and. Mm. Um, if we felt safe, but then, but really we were talking about desire and he expressed that he's just really hungering for connection again. 
And I expressed that I really want to meet again because I don't really want to connect and I think I need it. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I'm sort of moving into comfort more. And it strikes me as anyway, when you, when you expressed what you um, have been doing more during this time with maybe saying some harder things um, and coming at some deeper things, how counter that is to what I, what I want to do on the surface a lot during a time like this. Like I want to just veg out, uh, indulge coast. Yep. Yep. Right. But that, okay. So that's part of why I think it's important is because it's not about what I'm not suggesting is that we just need to like all think about super deep stuff all the time because we're at home more, or we just need to, all spend right. more time intensely feeling our feelings or, or anything like that. I, I think it's more about recognizing how our brains respond to all these different things we do or that are done to us uh, so that we're able to do the things that we're wanting to do and have them benefit us, you know, like, cause there's uh, it, 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 entertainment, for example, is great. It can be great. Uh, the, Sammy and I just a uh, couple months ago discovered the show Magic for Humans, which is just wonderful entertainment. But it's still the case that after the second or third episode, it starts becoming something else. <laughs> and and that's not uh, that's not an abstract concept or reality. That's a brain reality and a body reality. And so I think it's helpful for us to recognize that if we are turning to something for entertainment and it ends up feel like giving us this feeling afterwards of sort of disconnectedness or confusion, or even sometimes feeling more fatigue, not recharged. Right. But we don't, I, I don't, I don't want us to get stuck in a place of guilt or shame, like, because, Oh, I watched too much TV and I shouldn't do that. And so that's why I feel bad. Instead, I think I want to encourage us to look at just the realities of how we're made and go, okay, well, yeah, that was, I had, I didn't just have evil intentions for wanting to watch a show and veg out for a few minutes, but after a certain point, that's not how my brain and body are responding to this stuff. And so it's not giving me any of the restorative benefits that I turned to it for in the first place. Sure. I, um, I can think of metaphorically when I used to work out <laughs> of how valuable like a 60 second rest between sets is uh-huh. yeah, and, and how, how unhelpful a three minute rest between sets is. Yeah. You know, like, like after yep. like a point I can go back at it, but if I rest for too long, I actually just want to go home um, yep. and sort of, I, I ruined the motivation and, but I'm curious if, if maybe in this cultural moment, it may not be helpful to um, just watch the third episode. And it also may not be helpful to, to not watch Netflix and instead sit in your room, look at a white wall and think deeply about your feelings. Yeah. What is helpful? Yeah. Well, I, it's hard for me not to take a, a sort of liturgical bent towards this. Like, uh, because I think what's helpful is, uh, making intentional, active decisions about how we're spending our time and 
confessing them to each other in any way we can, or even just confessing them to ourselves. Like, so there's, um, there's that book, Every Moment Holy, um, right. that has all those every sort of mundane, everyday moment prayers. And there's one for before consuming media. And I would argue that's it's too long of a prayer to be practical. But the idea, right. I think, is still really profound that it's, 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 it's it, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to sit down and watch Netflix, I need to tell myself that I'm going to do that in clear terms. And, I, and it's helpful if I can even just ask myself a thoughtful question before I do that. Like, I want to sit down and watch a few episodes of this show because fill in the blank <laughs> or so that fill in the blank. You know, like just being honest and upfront with ourselves and others about our intentions going into these activities, putting sort of conscious boundaries around them or parameters around them. Like I want to watch three episodes of the show so much. I so much don't want to watch five episodes of the show. <laughs> and, uh, but doing all of that on the front and before I sit down on the couch and turn the TV on is really helpful. And if at all possible, I mean, I, I, I'm able to just share that with you, for example, but even if you live alone, like reach out to a friend and text a friend that you're about to do that. <laughs> that um, sounds, that sounds Herculean in today's day and age. Like I remember a stat, I don't know if I shared this with you or if you've read it, but in 2018, I don't, I don't know what the 2019 stat is, but in 2018, 70% of all YouTube traffic was automated. Yeah, which meant 70% right. of all YouTube traffic wasn't something somebody consciously decided to watch. It was, a, 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 this sounds maybe a little too negative, but it was like a lack of boundary. Yeah. You know, that like uh, yeah. I just decided to watch one thing and then let myself watch another yeah. based on an algorithm's decision. Well, and that is, so if you, if we zoom out and consider the pandemic and what, the implications have been and continue to be for all of us in our day-to-day lives, we all share a feeling of helplessness right now and of feeling just tossed around uh, in a sea of, of something we have just very little influence or control over. And that can be humbling. And so it can be good for us, but it also can leave us feeling like there's no, there's no active choice we're capable of making <laughs> that I don't, I, I'm, I remember a day a couple of weeks ago where I felt like I don't, when was the last conscious active choice I made today? Like at all, yeah. it just felt like yeah. I was carry I was being carried through this just gray zone, uh, a, not against my will, but also not with it. Like there wasn't, I wasn't being willful or thoughtful at all. And I think that that ends up being so much of the challenge uh, is finding ways, even tiny ones, even, even small decisions that, that can remind us that we are capable of uh, taking action that's conscious, that's intentional, that we're not just being thrown around helplessly. Um, yeah. And, and that, I mean, just saying out loud what, what we're about to do is a, actually a huge step. You said Herculean, and that makes sense to me. I've called it a small, a small decision, but it's certainly not an easy one. <laughs> it is not easy to do that. 
but it is so helpful when you can. So, so helpful. John, th- this sounds a little cheesy, but uh, you're recommending it, it, it uh, that, that I might say out loud, I'm going to eat ice cream right now, but not too much or something yes. before I scoop ice cream. Yes. Interesting. Yes. And even, even adding a because or so that to that, I'm going to eat ice cream right now because it sounds incredible, but I'm not yes. going to eat too much of it, you know? Because I don't want to feel terrible afterwards. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It strikes me also, you know, um, uh, it's been the, the word, um, I asked a question earlier. I said, what would help? And it, and I, it's felt a little bit sour to me since I asked it only because I actually think often we don't know what's helpful for us all the time. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. a little too much to demand that we always know the right answer to that. And it strikes me that, um, you know, the church historically, um, has talked about truth, goodness, and beauty as being these three ways that we come to know God and know ourselves and encounter each other well in the world. And, and I wonder if, if uh, it's actually some of the postmodern West that makes me always want to ask what's helpful um, when maybe a more humble and accessible question to ask would be what's good right now. What would be, what's beautiful. What's true. Uh, maybe, maybe asking those questions might even be <laughs> ironically more helpful. <laughs> yeah. 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 That also makes me think about how we really struggle, most of us in the modern West, to just be, to know how to be without doing. (laughs) Um, But I would say that as a result of that, we also then struggle with taking action. I know for myself, I often get caught in this no man's land of where my brain is constantly asking itself, like, what are you supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be doing something that there's so much that needs to change in the world. Why aren't you doing something? Do it, do it, do it, take action. And then another part of me is going like, I, I don't know what I'm experiencing in my life right now. I'm, I'm disconnected from what I'm feeling emotionally and I need to slow down so that I can catch back up that way. <laughs> but right. it's, it, and all of that's happening simultaneously. It feels very disjointed or disjointing and, uh, and very scattering. And I, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't think so either. So in the midst of this pandemic um, and I've, you know, you and I talked earlier about this. Like I, I do, most people I, I talk to as a pastor are really lonely, feel lonely and, um, feel a sense of despair. It's for many, it's kind of low level. Um, but it's a sense of despair, like a lack of hope and they're tired, but they're not really sure why. And, Mm. Um, and this doesn't see, it's not like this is going to go away in a weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And in the midst of a season like that, one of the things that might be really helpful if I'm hearing you right is to um, be conscious of 
and, and even vocalize our intentions right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I also want to point out that, I mean, if we're feeling lonely and, and we are, <laughs> yeah. I want to consider the, the reality that the vast majority of us right now are incredibly touch deprived, uh, which is a, a yes. real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Uh, and, and has really real impact. Um, I mean, the effects of being touch deprived, that is lacking consistent, safe, strong touch, affectionate touch, yeah. Hug, t- hug touch is, is another way of just talking about it. Um, th- that has all sorts of effects on our, on our mental health or on our, our sense of well being day to day, moment by moment in the world. And um, so that's one thing. All of us are really touch deprived right now. Most of us are also spending more time, not less time on social media and screen entertainment and that's just that's maybe just a reality uh but it also is a costly one because we know research is pretty clear that like increased time on social media leads to increased loneliness and increased anxiety and decreased life satisfaction and increased social comparison comparing myself to my perception of someone else and feeling envious or or ashamed or embarrassed or embarrassed or insufficient Right. So not, not good things, right? Not good things. Um, and we, and we know like research is very clear at this point that the more time we spend on social media platforms, the more lonely and disconnected we feel, hmm. which is sort of counterintuitive, right? Like I think we, we want to believe that we're turning to those platforms for a sense of connection. Right. And it's not that that's completely unavailable, but the reality is that most of us, when we turn to social media, do so uh, half intentionally or unintentionally, just out of boredom. Well, we or definitely restlessness. don't we're satisfied in the way we want to be satisfied for sure. Like if we're turning to it for connection, we don't, in the midst or end in the midst of using it or at the end of using it, feel connected. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So. We are, uh, and, and there's some of that that we really can't change right now, but that doesn't mean we're incapable of doing anything to, to improve that or to reach toward connection and work toward uh, a felt well-being, not, not just an overall well-being, but something that we can sense. <laughs> um, yes. I, I think is really vital. Anytime we are able to see another person's face in real time, even if it's on a screen, I, I think that's worth doing. Um, so that means, and this is awkward a lot of times, right? But instead of sending a text or even making a phone call, FaceTime, if you can't. Yeah. Just uh, if you can, if you can make it uh, a greater degree of embodiment. Do yes. That. Yes, because if you if I'm seeing another person's face in real time and having a conversation where I'm seeing their face, 
my brain systems in my brain are firing up and, and waking up and engaging that lie dormant otherwise. My social brain is engaged better by seeing a person's face and having to attune to their expression and respond to nonverbal cues uh, in a way that it, it's just not engaged uh, by a text message or even uh, or responding to a post or anything like that. Um, that's great. And so that's, that's one really advice. practical thing that, that really does make a difference. And it's, this is, this is like the effect of exercise, right? Like you may feel good at, right after you exercise, but largely you're going to experience those effects, those benefits cumulatively and over time um, as you continue to practice that. And it's, it's the same way with this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask one more thing um, before we transition to another conversation. Um, when you talk about people being touch deprived and when I think about the, just over and over the conversations I have with folks, um, I just keep wanting to tell people not to be so hard on themselves. <laughs> like it's a really hard season. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you um, have a better way to say that or communicate that. It's pretty cliche, you know? Mm. Well, I certainly don't know if I have a better way to say it. I want to join wholeheartedly in the sentiment. Um, and I will, I will say this, um, a lot of the helplessness that I know I'm experiencing and, and that I also know I'm not alone in has to do with not only just seeing all that I don't have power to control or change with regard to, to the pandemic, but also racial injustice and, and just division just strife in, in right. society. Um, we're in a, a, a spot now, and this is not just unique to now. I don't know that I can say it's unprecedented, but it is uh, profound, just our polarization and how divided we are uh, in so many ways. And uh, I would say one of the best things that any of us can do as individuals is tend to our own feelings of helplessness and grief and loss and fear and hurt in a time like this, because that's not a separate thing from taking action to protect and lift up and care for other people. That's not a separate thing. That's part of the same process to me. Because if, if I can't sit with my own, if I don't know how to sit with my own loneliness, my own hurt, my own feelings of helplessness or embarrassment or, or, or guilt, then I'm not going to be able to have the capacity, a deep capacity to show others real compassion and empathy. Because empathy and compassion require me to get on someone else's level and sense where they're at. When I say sense, I don't mean I get it. Like I understand your experience perfectly. I mean, oh, I see the place that you're in and I'm going to let it affect me and, and take in that 
experience a little bit and let it, let it even bring up some of my own pain so that I can better connect with you and show you grace and mercy and love and lift you up. And so I, I really mean that as an encouragement. I think that it, it, when you can see every time I have a lonely day where it just feels, I just feel low. I just feel depleted. I feel emptied out and disconnected and uns- unsure of a way forward. If I am able to see my learning to endure that day, learning to sit with those really difficult emotions that day as an investment, as a, a digging deeper in the well that will eventually pour out and bless others, that helps. That helps me to get through that, that day in those moments. Friends, I hope that was helpful. It is a hard season right now. Please receive grace. I look forward to sharing with you more this fall as we help the next generation discover real life in Jesus Christ. Keep an eye out for the next podcast episode. Thank you for joining me today. I love you. 